0: Welcome to Life of Die, the podcast which discusses all things to do with tabletop wargaming and roleplaying games. My name is Gordon and I'm joined today by Craig, Chris and Bob. And this is the first of our podcasts, we'll be introducing ourselves and we'll be discussing our background and history with tabletop gaming and also discovering why we love role-playing and wargaming. So as your regular host, I'll get the ball rolling. Um, so my background with gaming probably goes back to the age of 2 <laughs> because I, at that point I went to see Star Wars in the cinema um, and I was just obsessed with Star Wars after that and it's uh, something I've loved throughout my life ever since and played quite a lot of Star Wars role playing as well throughout the years um, but but 10 years later I, I then discovered 2000 AD which was a, a comic a British comic which featured uh, the character of Judge Dredd who you might know from the Stone film, and also the Carl Urban version, which was much better. Um, because I liked uh, those characters so much, um, I spotted in an old Virgin Mega Store at the time they had a game for Judge Dredd, and it was a Judge Dredd role playing game, which was by Games Workshop. I had no concept of what a, a role playing game was at that point. But I, I bought it on a whim just because I was a Judge Dredd fan and I thought, oh, okay, a game about Judge Dredd, oh, that sounds cool. Um, so, yeah, when I got it home and picked up, I was, and I started reading the rules. Um, the rules were, at that point, to me, felt quite complicated, but when I read them these days, it's they're, they're pretty straightforward, to be honest. It's a percentage system and you just roll, as long as you get less, or, less than or equal to the, your actual skill, then you've passed and it's, it really is as simple as that. By the time it seemed quite complicated um but i, I just bought into it straight away I, because i loved dread so much i had some friends that were that were dread fans as well and so it was a couple of these you know, the weekends we'd meet up and and um, i would run the scenarios from the, the the judge dread game and then quite 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 quickly i started writing my own scenarios for it um and uh, again running the games for friends and it was yeah it was a lot of fun Um, and through that because that that was when i discovered about who games workshop were Um, and quickly after i I picked up the block mania board board game which has just been released re-released by um, rebellion unplugged uh, rebellion on 2000 ad it it was back then again another games workshop uh, game because they had the the license to judge dread at that point um, so I had a lot of fun with that as well, but that was more a, a board game and then started buying White Dwarf. Um and at that point <laughs> they were just talking about Warhammer 40, 000 first edition coming out in a few months. And I remember we um myself and a group of other friends bought the Warhammer 40, 000 first edition book. Um we had a few games of that. Um we liked it but we didn't love it. We didn't engage with it the same way that we did with the Dread game. I think just because it it was a totally different thing to the Wargaming at that point. Um, We were much more involved with the role playing. Um, But then, a couple of years after that, I picked up um, what was Adeptus Titanicus at the time, uh, first edition, and then Space Marine first edition, and that introduced me to epic Wargaming. Uh, which is Warhammer Forty Thousand, except in six millimeter scale um, and there was just something about that i remember when i bought adeptus titanicus that when i looked at the box art it just it just really captured my imagination because it was showing you these huge war machines and the marines were absolutely tiny at their feet um, and it, when i saw those pictures of the titans and, it, and, and box art actually had some of the prototypes of the, the original Six millimeter Marines, and um and some of the, the Land Raider tanks, um and I just thought that's that that just kind of worked for me a lot better than forty thousand because I felt forty thousand what I was playing back then were very much small skirmishes, um and Epic kind of felt like yeah you can have a full scale battle with this this is and that, yeah I just became obsessed with Epic and my once that was out so, particularly second edition I remember. When second edition came out, initially I was quite shocked because it took out Epic used to take like a whole weekend. The first edition Epic, when we used to play that, it would take an entire weekend of our um, to to play the game. And when second edition came out, it it then brought the game down to a manageable scale um, where you can play it in a couple of hours. It still takes an entire afternoon, um, and all that, and it can take longer if it depends on the size of game that you're playing. But yeah, that's always that's been a real favourite game of mine throughout my, my life, uh since it since I discovered it. Around right about the same time as Epic, I also um my brother got uh Space Hulk and that was first edition and he got the upgrades, uh the supplements rather, um Deathwing and Gene Stealer and yeah, we loved that game a lot. We didn't like the Gene Stealer psychic rules that much, but I think I'd quite like to play that again and see what they were like just because it was, it made the psychers really really per, uh, powerful and, and it made a lot of the other characters not really, they, they weren't really involved anymore. Um, but yeah, we, we played a lot of Space Hulk so yeah I, I love that game as well. Um, later on in my, um, into my early 20s I think or late teens maybe, I started um, running Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and that was quite a liberating experience after having written judge dread um scenarios the reason being when you when you write judge dread there's a lot of um crime files um and there's a lot of kind of detail that you've got to put into the game to for the the puzzles for the the players to to solve um, so, so there's a lot of work involved in writing judge dread whereas when i started playing what what fantasy role i just felt yeah, you still need to create the, the the NPC characters, but it it just felt like that so much of the work wasn't there. You just needed to have a few maps to hand, and you could you could get away with what I would describe as murder at the time. <laughs> I just I couldn't believe you know I could turn up at a session and have maybe like a page written, and that would be enough for the whole night. Um, so some uh, of that was kind of a kind of winging it aspect to that, but. It, with a fantasy setting I, I really thought you, could, and you and you could you could get away with quite a lot. Um and then went back into science fiction and I played well GM'd Cyberpunk 2020 which is the basis of the new Cyberpunk 2070 game that's just come out on um for the new gaming consoles and um, attracting a lot of comment. Um, the original um RPG, I had a, I had a really great time uh, running that 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 um, particular game because I set it in my hometown of Glasgow, and so I had a a street map of Glasgow which I just slapped down in front of the players, and everybody knew the setting. That I was I was putting in it was just imagining Glasgow as it is now, except you know, um, looking like um, this you know. Like Blade Runner, looking like Blade Runner, <laughs> which, in fairness, Glasgow does look a bit like that sometimes with the rain. But um, more, more neon and more skyscrapers, uh, which we don't really have that here. Um, and that was that was a, that was great fun running that because it was. I think that was the first time we I would run something that was like really adult and really gritty and um, there was a lot of nastiness in the game and. Um, one of the players really got involved with the game that he, he started telling me what he was doing between sessions and it, and it ended up, that was part of the reason I found that game so much fun was because we ended up um, making up a lot of story, <laughs> additional stuff because of what he was up to in the game and the players just thought I was make, this was all stuff I was putting in and it wasn't and it was all stuff he was getting up to. So that was that was a really enjoyable experience because I had a player that was, like interacting so much with like what I was creating, so that was great fun. Um, as a player, I played GURPS briefly. Uh, that was uh, a friend was running a term. He was running Terminator using the GUPS uh, system, so it was all set after Judgment Day. And Skynet was was essentially in charge. Now this was at a time when Terminator Two was probably a couple of years old. Um, so they hadn't seen anything like salvation, but essentially it was like Terminator Salvation if you've ever seen that. It was all about the humans fighting against the the robots and their, their factories and all that kind of thing. So that was a, that was good fun as well. Then um, I was like, I had a bit of a hiatus on my gaming and um, my probably between i don't say probably my mid twenties to my mid thirties. Um, during that time, I was doing a bit of. Um, online gaming um, and yeah computer games for a while I was I was definitely quite involved with it I, I remember when I got the Xbox 360 I was particularly into um, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion and uh, Gears of War they were, they were two of the games that I was just spending ridiculous hours playing all the time um, but I came back to gaming um get back into Epic again and then met most of the people that are on (laughs) this podcast joining me with me. Um, And since then, yeah, I started playing Cyberpunk 2020 again, and then that didn't last very long. And then moved back into Star Wars D6, which I'd played um, as a player in my teens. Somebody else, one of my friends had been game master back then, but um, yeah, we had a, a group, and it was about it was seven seven players and myself running as gm and that ran for about it ran for over 50 sessions um that version of that particular um version of um star wars d6 and i also got into x-wing miniatures game and uh, since then i've also played Team miniature uh, this Team dog miniatures game which is by warlord and Game of Thrones board game Core Space which is a um, it's a tabletop board game slash yeah is, is it a war game? I'm not sure it is. It's more it's halfway between a war game and an role-playing game I would say. And um, more recently um, I've played the as a player, the alien RPG, and recently I've went full circle and I'm now GMing um, as part of my GM for Hire service, I'm um, running Judge Dread again uh, with the old Games Workshop system, and I'm writing all the scenarios from scratch. Um, I'd lost all the games I'd written as a teenager, and to be honest, I don't think they would have stood up that well because I was thinking about them. <laughs> yeah, I think my storytelling's came on a wee bit since then. So, yeah, that, that kind of brings me up to date. That's my, my history with role-playing and gaming. So I think I'll throw it out to one of the guys. So Craig, um, what about yourself? How did you get into role-playing and war game and what's your, your history with the the hobby?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I think for my experience was probably a bit of a similar type to yours, Gordon. Um, but uh, I've got a brother who's 10 years older than me. Uh, so it was really just whatever he brought home was, uh, was what what I got to see of the, of the wargaming world. So initially, I think he came home with uh, a small selection of uh, 40K or Rogue Trader miniatures, as they were at the time, and a little bit of the Warhammer Fantasy battle stuff as well. Uh, played, I think he played some of the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay as well with his friends from school. And then around about kind of 89 90 uh, he brought home a couple of the plastic Orlor Titans from the Adeptus, uh, Adeptus Titanicus box, and a, a metal Reaver Titan, and that was kind of piqued my interest. Certainly, seeing the big, big stompy robots, and I think, I think the kind of scale of that appealed to both of us. And that was really the first. I think it was. It wasn't until later on we actually got the box set for second edition Space Marine when it came out, uh, which I think was maybe '92, uh, which came with like three starter armies and. and kind of a lot of content in the box, all the buildings and things as well, um, and that really got us started. Um, again, we were kind of limited in what we had, collections-wise, uh, a few armies of maybe a couple of thousand points each, um, but it was really enough to kind of get going, get a good few games in, and played that for maybe four or five years, up until the release of third edition, and at that point, we kind of it was a kind of natural stopping point. He was off to uni, and I was um, kind of losing interest in it a little bit. During that period as well, played a bit of Space Crusade, which is a Milton Bradley board game released at about the same time as Hero Quest, which was the kind of fantasy equivalent. And it was it was a good introduction again to the kind of 40k miniatures universe, and it gave you a good bundle of albeit kind of monopose miniatures to play with and paint. So, um, so that was good fun. Aside from that, I had a couple of friends at school who were kind of getting into it in their own way as well. I kind of, they humoured me by playing Epic, but they were more interested in it. the kind of 28mm stuff and the kind of more artistic amongst them were getting into painting and stuff, miniatures. So yeah, I played a little bit of second edition 40k when it first came out. Um, and later on, of 95 Necromunda came out, which was the the kind of skirmish gang fighting games set in a 40k universe but more kind of a bit more gritty a bit more kind of just dread like and um, played a little bit of that which was which was good fun i always kind of wanted to get back into that one as well um, and then had a bit of a hiatus for i don't know maybe maybe 10 years until i was kind of late teens early 20s maybe and throughout the time I kind of kept up with things. I was always, if I was stopping in a newsagent, so I'd have a flick through a white dwarf or whatever, and occasionally I'd get a kind of, maybe in my kind of early 20s after a night out drinking, I'd, I'd, I'd go online and, and, and browse the Games Workshop's uh, web store, maybe order off a few things, and a week later they'd arrive, and I'd completely forgotten about it, and I'd pay nothing by, you know, after, after a few after a few years uni doing that I ended up with a small collection again of four k stuff but again that was more just for painting and just kind of nostalgia more than anything um, but I was, I was pretty dry when it came to actually playing any games at that point and then again a nostalgia wave hit me another kind of 10 years later um, in maybe 2013 I was away from work on a or away with work on a on a course, and I ended up down in Newcastle, and I was taking a wee wander through the the board one of the board gaming shops. Because at this point, I'd start getting back into the board gamings. So visited a few board games cafes on holidays, things like that, and I, I was starting to get into kind of modern board gaming, seeing what was beyond beyond the realms of uh, Monopoly. Um, and obviously, a lot of these board game shops still carry a lot of the the war gaming stuff as well. So that kind of drew me back into that world a little bit. And I ended up, when I was down in, in Newcastle, and again, after a few drinks, um, <laughs> I, got, I got bored and ended up buying the the latest 40k box set at the time, which I think was like 6th edition uh, sixth edition Dark Vengeance, which again came with a load of miniatures. And it was really big. It was the Chaos Cultist that piqued my interest at that time. So I just thought, the jump for me from going from the kind of starter sets that just had all the, the monopoles marines and orcs in them to, to this new starter set, which seemed to have come with a lot of stuff. You know, it came with every miniature was different, more or less. There was a couple of doublers, but, but not much. It was just it just looked great. So got that home, ended up buying some cheap craft paints and making a complete mess of the models, and then kind of pushed it all aside and cried for a little bit and, and couldn't really <laughs> think, think what to do next. Um, But my interest was definitely a little bit back into it. And I was just, at that point, I didn't know anything about what the current state of affairs was with with likes of Epic and, and things. So I uh, went did a little bit of research online, found out what had happened with Epic after I'd left it um, in the third edition and then later into Epic Armageddon and then the, and the community upkeep of these rule books and, and everything like that. So uh, I was kind I was keen to dip my toes back in again and with the aim of actually getting a game back on as well. And uh, finding someone to play with, so I ended up buying one of the Epic starter sets again, and and just started buying miniatures off eBay, stuff I liked, stuff I didn't have as a kid, and things I'd always fancied, and started putting together some armies. And it was just it was just by chance that I was looking at the looking at the, the forums, the Tactical Command form, which is the big one for for Epic, um, and started chatting to folk on there about trying to get a game together and stuff, and then, and then found out that, Gordon, you were in my, my hometown and happened to play the same niche version of a, of a 25-year-old game that nobody else in the world seemed to be playing, which was quite, quite, uh, quite good luck. So, yeah. yeah Another thing
0: gone. as well is that, obviously, the the internet had developed in those years as well. Like, when yep. when we were playing Epic at the start, you know, just wouldn't be able to do something like that. So no, that, that, was, exactly. that was a really brilliant, you know, thing to happen, actually, because, it, and obviously we became friends because of it. And I, the, I
1: My wallet disagrees, but yeah. <laughs> it's, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely one way to look at it. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was total, total blind luck. It could have been, I mean, I'm, I'm not much for, not one for travelling. And I, and I also was a bit tentative because I've never been a wargamer gamer. Um, as such, I would never class myself as that. Um, so it's never been in my nature to, you know, look for older men on the internet to play games <laughs> with, for, 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 for want of a better description. But um, can yeah, I just
0: it, can I just say as a disclaimer, I wasn't really looking for younger men in <laughs> no, no, <I> can <laughs> that later. I've
1: got a topic for another day. But um, yeah, it, it was a total, total total stroke of luck and. I was quite kind of glad when we got our games in because I was really tentative because I, I, like I say I've never classed myself as a war gamer. I, I, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a geek and a, and a nerd or whatever you want, whatever the whatever the kids are calling it these days but I've, it's always put me off slightly when you know some some of the characters you you see at these sort of things um, and I was just really worried but it
0: turns out that you know I was the worst.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, character just had to had to had to keep it going. So, um, but no, it, it was it was it was really good, and it it kind of spurred me on to get back into the hobby a bit a bit more than just you know buying up a few odd miniatures and painting them up and put together an army. And a few years later, now I've amassed pretty much a, a full epic space marine second edition collection. Probably about eighty percent of the models again, which is which is good, and it's, it's been. It's been quite cathartic so yeah i've enjoyed that um you know along along that time as well you also talked me into rpgs which i'd never been involved with before not, not pen and paper played played a few on the, you know, the computer and xbox stuff similar to yourself and the morrowind games but, but yeah i hadn't, hadn't really inter- uh, hadn't really entertained doing a, a pen and paper one and i was a little bit tentative about that as well um but again testament to your to your GMing and welcoming nature, it was a it was a good group. We played the Cyberpunk 2020 again, set in Glasgow, like you said, and that was great fun. And that kind of whet my appetite a little bit for RPGs. And then obviously later on, we, we jumped in to that uh, Star Wars D6 group, which went for a good number of years. And since then, we played some other systems like the Alien RPG game as well, which has been Really good fun. So yeah, it's it's definitely something I never thought I would ever get into, um, but kind of timely as well. I think it's obviously having a massive resurgence at the moment. RPG games, tabletop games, um, just in general, seem to be back in the in the zeitgeist. So that's good. Um, aside from that, yeah, like like I was saying, board games. I had quite a few got a fairly massive board game collection now as, as well and some kind of hybrid games a bit like core space so we been playing imperial assault and, and zombie side which are kind of miniatures focused board games and, and getting folk into that as well as the x-wing miniatures game as well which is a great kind of entryway drug for the for the hobby because it's pre-painted minis simple rules it's star wars so yeah it's, it's, it's good fun um and more recently, I've, I've dipped my toe a little bit back into 28mm um, with uh, bolt action, which kind of scratches a few itches for me of being able to paint nice tanks at a kind of cool scale. And the game itself is it's really kind of me- mechanically sound. It's, it's quite abstracted. It's quite simple to play, um, and, it's, and you get to you get to shoot Nazis, which is which is good fun so yeah it's 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 been good to get back into that as well but again i'm, I'm finding myself having to rein myself in a little bit and, and not go too wild with it and try to restrict myself to to just a few gaming systems at a time so yeah epic's my my main more gaming system and then Bolt action as well are the kind of two i'm just focusing on i think, good yeah, stuff. I think probably brings us up to date with me anyway
0: yeah um <laughs> that brings us in nicely to uh, Chris, who's, yep. who's your uh, cohort for Bolt Action. Um, so, yeah, Chris, what would I
1: think the the conversation went something like this. In June, you said, oh, I'll not spoil your, your chat here, uh, but yeah. you were saying that you and your brother were talking about playing it. And as soon as you said that, I went on and looked at it. And then about a week later, I, think, I had about... I think you bought think stuff before you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think
0: our health matters, but anyway. I, I think we all have a problem. I think that's why we're here, yeah, <laughs> sharing with the group. <laughs> anyway, One Chris, uh, what about anyway, yes. yourself? Um, how did you, what was your background with um, war gaming and role playing, And uh, what games have you played as well? Yeah, I, I kind of had
2: a similar background to Craig, where I had an older brother. Um, not to play top trumps, but mine's just 16 years older than me, um, <laughs> but
1: uh,
2: yeah, he, again, kind of growing up, seeing kind of games that he was playing with his friends and things like that, and I remember one year I got a, it was like a rip-off of Warhammer 40k from like the Argos catalogue, <laughs> and um, he's seen it when I got it, and and he was like, ah, that's that's not gonna do. And he took me into the games workshop. This was like back in I think it was the early nineties. Um and we seen the start of this set for Warhammer forty K second edition. Um, picked that he picked that set up and the two kind of us kinda started painting it and things like that and playing it and from there that was that was kind of my vice. Um I'd always been into kind of model making and things like that as a kid with the you know, their fix kits and things like that so it was it was just a natural kind of progression um, and from there we we kind of played war games mostly Warhammer and then we looked at Dungeons and Dragons after that for a point because my brother kind of grew up in the golden age for all of that in the kind of early 80s when it was when it first came out and we kind of picked that up and started going from there as well um, so I kind of dipped my toe into that, writing adventures, we kind of took turns at just doing small kind of dungeon crawl kind of adventures and things like that each and just taking turns at being players or GM just to um, kind of share it out and then we moved on to Warhammer Fantasy after that as well so it's always kind of been a games workshop orientated uh, kind of hobby for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, played Warhammer Fantasy and the Warhammer Fantasy RPG as well. Um, and then I became a teenager and discovered rock and roll music and drink <laughs> <laughs> and all those good things that come with it. All the things that happened
0: in Glasgow as a teenager.
2: Yes, I mean, <laughs> just kinda of started drifting away from it as I got a little bit older. Um again my brother was he was working more and things like that as well, so um just kinda of never had the time for it and none of my friends at the time were really into it when I was like a like in kind a of teenager so it just kinda of frittered away. Um and again through my kind of teen years I got in when I was about nineteen or twenty um, I started going to um, college. I kind of, similar to Craig, kind of always kind of kept my my eye on things. Browsed the website every now and again, and thought about getting back into it, and talked myself out of it. And yeah, eventually started. Somebody seen me over my shoulder looking at it in college one day, and started talking about it with friends. Another friend called Gordon, funnily enough.
1: Um,
2: and he was in 40k as well and from there I got another starter set and started collecting a Tyranid army, building that up and ended up playing in the shop every now and again every week or so, Um, and it took over my life a wee bit again as it usually does, (laughs) (laughs) so it's always kind of been about the painting side of it for me because that's kind of what I enjoy in the model making and just kind of tinkering about because I've got I've got so many half built things sitting beside me just now that it's, it always just mounts up. You buy things with good intentions and um, so I've always kinda that's always what's kinda drawn me to it is the, the artistic kinda side of it as Craig put it. Um, and again once I get into uni workload kinda took over a little bit and never had the time for it and kinda the away again. And that's kind of when I discovered the X-wing miniatures game, and bought that, and was playing it with um, yeah, my partner's little brothers at the time, because um, they were they were massive kind of Star Wars fans as well. So I thought that would have been a good way to get back into kind of board games and things like that. And yeah, my partner Caroline, she worked in he one um, comics and toys at the time, so good staff discount and things like that <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah it started fueling my habit again and yeah that's when I, I met you gordon as well um we were talking about that earlier about um spellbound games yeah uh, yeah it just which was,
0: which was awesome. quite close to where i lived at the time yeah, um, yeah i think i i think either you posted something about or I had posted something, one of us had and, and uh
2: I was like looking for players, yeah. basically, if they wanted a game and yeah, one of us answered and yeah, that's when I bumped into you, we played a few games and that's when you put your feelers out for the, the role playing game for Star Wars and that kind of brought me back into that side of things. Um,
0: yeah, at that stage, I I, I knew uh, Craig and, and his partner, um, yeah. and they were interested in the role playing in, in Star Wars. So I I was kind of trying to find other people that were into Star Wars because I was I was interested in running it. So it was yeah, it was a, a good thing. You know, I met <laughs> like yourself, and um, I, I had my co- a couple of my cousins as well. They were interested in playing, so so that that helped me get a, dec- a decent number of players that would play regularly. So, yeah.
2: anyway, sorry, back to you. <laughs> no, that's, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what brought me back into the, the kind of role-playing side of things, um, something I hadn't done for many years. Um, but I was, that kind of ignited that, kind of passion for that again, um, so much so that I ended up looking into running my own um, kind of, system and that's when the, the alien rpg landed um kind a teaser for it came out and i was instantly hooked on that seeing the artwork and always been a huge fan of the films growing up mm. um again brother to blame for that showing a six-year-old boy aliens <laughs> <laughs> with very harsh language and violence along with other films such that i kind of go hand in hand with that genre like terminator and Kona and the Barbarian and all sorts, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always been a, a massive influence. Um, so yeah, picked up the alien RPG, um, got the kind of pre ordered it and everything, never even thought about it, didn't even know if anyone would be up for playing it. Um, and yeah, kind of that takes us up to kinda present day cause that's only been the past couple of years, maybe a year and a half since we've been doing that.
0: Yeah, and you've run a lot of sessions for Alien as well, which is which is great. I mean, yeah. you must be up there amongst the, the top GMs for Alien, um, <laughs> worldwide, because I must. You, you can't, you know, we played most of this year, but, but you're homebrew, um, yeah. your own scenarios, so yeah, I, I can't imagine there's too many, I mean, obviously there will be some people that are probably still playing it every week, or maybe even more, no. you know, but um, yeah, I'd imagine you've, you've definitely put the hours in, so... It's been a lot of fun playing that.
2: As soon as I'd hit the pre order, I was thinking about a campaign and a storyline for for you guys to play. Um, so, yes, it's been a constant kind of thing, and it, it became quite obsessive. So, I, was, I found myself sitting in work writing down storylines and plot ideas and things like that and not doing my job. I hope my boss don't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not too. I've got notepads filled with stuff uh, from work that it's, like my job, like sometimes I'll be waiting on a model rendering or things like that and I'll be sitting doing nothing anyway so I'll just sit and write down ideas and plan we'll just thoughts. You're just digging yourself a hole
1: here yeah.
0: You're writing your own P45 I think
1: Aye well <laughs> You also need to watch out because that's all their intellectual property now as well so if it ever gets published uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so um, that—that's kind of my, my current RPG um, up to date. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm planning on continuing our campaign because we've run—I don't know how many sessions we've run now. It must be up in about forty odds. How about um, the so. not, not including the the cinematic that we ran first time round just to get used to the rules and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm planning on taking that back, bringing that back Excellent. finding out what happens to your characters. And as Craig also mentioned, the old bolt action, um, that was kind of a lockdown project, um, just from when the, the old corona hit. Um, About maybe just getting a few, maybe just get a couple in, kits, a wee bit of infantry, maybe a tank, and that'll be it. We'll just keep it small scale. I said to my brother, and I was like, I know somebody else who might be interested in it. I mentioned to Craig, I was like, Yeah, we're thinking of maybe getting any boat action if you fancy it, because I know me and Craig had spoken about it before. And before you know it, Craig had bought a a Churchill tank and God knows what else, a full British battalion. Yeah, um, kind of forced me to get into it a little bit further and before you know what, I'm on my second army already.
1: Um, I've stopped stop now, I've got the last model I've ever by last week, so that's my I'm yeah, out. Right. I'll leave you. I know why I yourself, Craig.
0: <laughs> if the,
2: if
3: the missus see the, the bank statement. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no comment, Craig, no comment.
1: Separate <laughs>
2: accounts for that. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so On one other game, we've I've not mentioned the Space Hulk. Um, that been that was one of the ones I picked up more for the modelling side of things and the painting. Um, picked up the third edition because I was a kind of falling away from Warhammer at the, the time when I just when and then the time I got round to wanting to play it, it was kind of out of print, um, difficult to get and GW, and it was the third edition, so again, bought that for the models and the painting, and it turned out it was actually great fun to play, and it's kind of kept me hooked ever since I've always brought it out every now and again to play The Odd Mission, or uh, running through the campaign with you, Gotham, as well, before we were all in solitary confinement. Yeah. So, yeah, that's
0: kind of everything up to date for me, I think. Excellent. Uh, and last but not least, we've got um, Bob. And I think it's fair to say myself, Craig and Chris have kind of similar background stories about how we get into gaming, but for Bob, I think it's a bit different. Um, so, yeah, Bob, what about yourself? How did you get into role-playing and world gaming? And yeah, yeah. Um,
3: like you say, Gordon, it was it was a pretty different uh, story for me. Um, I, I was kind of lucky or unluckily, I don't know, um, to grow up in a house where there was always some kind of computer um, from the earliest age. Like we had a Vertrex in the house. You probably don't even know what that is, because it's it was. And to be honest, it wasn't great and <laughs> it wasn't really worth knowing what that was um, <laughs> but after going through I suppose you know the age that I had those systems like the Vertrex Commodore 64 and the Atari ST it wasn't really I mean I was only like four or five years old when we had that kind of thing um, but for me growing up um, things really started to makes sense to me by the time we got a kind of DOS computer, um, like 486, and you know, I, my kind of uh, thing that I grew up with was like Dark Forces 2, like Star Wars, um, and like uh, the X-Wing games um, on the PC, uh, kind of followed by Star Wars Rebellion, or was actually called Supremacy in the UK, uh, which, was, which really went into a lot of the lore of the expanded universe of Star Wars, Um, and you know, like, it was a massive, uh, it was probably my favourite film as a a child as well, so having that kind of um, extra material um, really brought it to life for me, Um, and there was just so many extra stories and actual especially with like as time went on I would say the RPG elements in these games got greater And because with Dark Forces 2 moved on to sort of Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy um, where you had more story but also your character developed as you went along uh, which kind of culminated in KOTOR which is which was Knights of the Old Republic uh, which was like a it's an interesting one because it's actually based on the Star Wars D20, um, like, tabletop game.
1: and right.
3: um, But this was, like, a the, the kind of actual rules of it are, are based on the mechanics of of the, the tabletop RPG, as far as I'm aware, um, but kind of coming from all of this background uh, was Star Wars was, like, a really big thing for me when I was growing up. Um, and in terms of role playing, um, after that there were some other games like The Elder Scrolls, like Morrowind, and Oblivion, uh, which were like, a kind of big part for me in my childhood as well. Um, which are, are much more heavily those those two games, along with Quotar, uh, are like much more heavily RPG influenced um, than the other ones that I mentioned. Um, and like. As time went on with that, I suppose when when I got older, uh, <laughs> with me I was always trying to get my friends into PC games, but I uh, was actually friends with Chris when I was growing up, and uh, he got me to play a bit of um, sort of Warhammer and things like that, so I'd had some exposure to like tabletop gaming um, through him, and. I was never that big on the, the model building. Um, I did do airfix when I was was younger but I uh, kinda fell away after after a couple of years but uh, with him, um, like sort late high school um kinda did some some board gaming and things like that and it, there was a bit of a, a gap really after that um, university and work and things like that. Um, and it was actually it was Chris that invited me to come along um, to your, your Star Wars game, um, which for me was like a, a more social version of, of, you know, playing the, the PC uh, huh. kind of game, if that makes sense. Uh, and I was super into the kind of backstory of all of that stuff, so um, like I... To be able to go and play that in a group was was quite a fun thing for me. Um, so we, we did that for I think over a year or or yeah. so. Um, you know that we we played Star Wars. The um,
0: other thing, just kind of tying back to what you were saying earlier on about um, it's the EU was that I'm I'm guessing that might have been interesting for you, the D6 system because the D6 system actually. Essentially, after the Return of the Jedi had come out, there was there was literally nothing for Star Wars for a few years, and the first thing that came out was the Star Wars role playing game. And the Star Wars role playing game, they essentially it must have been like a dream come true for those guys because they get access to Lucas Films, as far as I understand, it, they get access to Lucas Films archives and essentially everything that they created in the game became lore. A lot of it, like for example, the um, Requiring species. Um, they were initially just called, like well, Star Wars figure called them Squidhead. Didn't literally didn't. They didn't have a, a species name. So it was like a lot of the species were were all kind of came out of the Star Wars role playing game and, uh, and quite a lot of other stuff as well. So I'm guessing that might be interesting for you, kind of coming full circle with the with the EU and finding out where some of that stuff. There probably would have been stuff in those games which would have came from that version of Star Wars as well. Um, and then it was in the nineties later on that um, in fact the, the, the next kind of big thing that was the, the Timothy Zahn books, which I'm guessing probably most of us have read, um which when he when he was given the job to do that, they said read these 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 role playing games mm-hmm. and he was quite as far as I understand it, he wasn't very impressed about this um and was told but when he actually started looking through the materials, he did find it useful, and it gave him more of an understanding of the Star Wars universe. So, some yeah, in some way that you've kind of kind of brought you back to your interest in the Star Wars EU, and that that would have been that was part of the building blocks that that particular version of Star Wars uh, role playing. Um,
3: yeah, I mean the playing the the role playing game with you was your kind of homebrew story, but. um like it was all very familiar. I found it all very familiar and it was an easy way for me to move to try something new because um it was so similar to you know to the to Kotor I would say to you know Knights of the old Republic um, in some ways but also having the background of, of playing all the older Star Wars games um, you know, it kind of, it felt quite natural to to play, and that was the first um, kind of face-to-face, like, role-playing game that I'd played. Um, and, you know, from there, I think um, eventually you'd, we'd kind of reached a natural c- conclusion with the, the Star Wars role-playing game, where, you know, the campaign we were playing, which had gone on for over a year. Um, I think it was at that point um, that I kind of took up X-Wing because uh, we were we were doing that for a bit of a change and uh, that was <coughs> that the, the actual kind of war game X-Wing um, on the tabletop um, with the models and for me I'm not very good at painting so <laughs> it was nice that they came sort of pre, uh,
2: pre-done.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> a, that was a major selling point for me as well because I... I I've never really enjoyed the painting side of the, the hobby particularly. I've I've always found that, I I just don't feel I can do it justice. So I was absolutely delighted when I saw. it I thought, wow, that what what a way to get people into wargaming? Bring give them actually miniatures which are assembled and fully painted. I mean it's. So yeah, I can understand the attraction there. Sorry, when you go.
3: Yeah, no, no. That was well. You're right. That was a kind of an easy way in for me because. I'm sure Chris had um, tried to sort of twist my arm with 40k and stuff in the past, but um, I was never, like I said, I was never that much into painting models, so um, for me the X-wing was was more interesting, but I suppose it also had the attraction that I was into the sort of story and things like that behind behind it, so it was inherently had more interest for me. so, I mean, I think we went through a, a period where where we played that a lot. Um, sometimes alongside, you know, our like the Star Wars RPG, I think we'd started that before we sort of finished off the, the Star Wars campaign. But um, certainly at some point after that, um, I'd actually run Cyberpunk for a period. Um, I think it was maybe about a dozen sessions or something like
0: that yeah it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that um i'm glad you mentioned that because uh that was that was great for me to get playing cyberpunk i'd always I'd, anytime i've done it in the past it was always his gm so it was really nice for me to get on the other side of the screen and uh and, and just see what you came up with which was a, which was a lot of fun and uh yeah i enjoyed that i, I kind of i i don't know if i I felt like I took the lead from that player I was talking about earlier on, but he had really interacted with the, the set and then I tried to do similar things, um, and engage with it as much as I possibly can. So I don't know yeah. if that came through it came across or not, but <laughs> certainly I was keen.
3: <laughs> you were you were a keen player, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I I mean I remember from doing that I took a lot of inspiration from games like System Shock too. Um, and uh, also like Deus Ex and, which was a kind of a cyberpunk RPG from PC gaming like in the year 2000 mm-hmm. um, so like for me that was another a another kind of interesting um, I kind of, I was still thinking of it in terms of like PC games that I'd played in the past um, but it was the first time I had actually Ran a game, uh, like for a for a group, so that was interesting. Um, I think after that, I think Alien, the Alien RPG, was was the next thing. Well, we did we did actually we I took part in Dread for a while, Judge Dread that you ran.
0: We did do a couple of sessions, but it, Dread's one of those ones that's a wee bit hard if you don't. I think part of the problem with it was that the the group wasn't as familiar with the source material and I think it's one of those games that you can get a lot more out of when you when you know a bit about it. The film neither film really kinda of captured Dread properly, if that makes sense. If you put the two of them together you probably get a, an approximation of it. The the Carl Orban version um was much more true to the, the judges and, and, and how Dread is as a character, but it it didn't have the 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 look of Mega City One and and the Stallone one was was perfect. That's exactly what it was supposed to look like. Um, and yeah. and and I would say that the tone, the the, the supposed humour in the the stone one what didn't work, and then the Carol one didn't have any humour really, um, a few kind of dry lines in it, but didn't really have it. And and has got that humour in it as well, and, and kind of satire, but it's a difficult one when you haven't really read the comics to get people into it. I just I, I wasn't, part of the problem was I, I wasn't feeling as engaged. Um, I, I was kind of having some problems with the system that was running at that particular time and, and that made it difficult. But yeah, um, we did do that briefly and then we moved on to Jesse's, um, Alien RPG. How did you find it? How did you find doing that, Bob?
3: That was a uh, aliens an interesting RPG because um, I think in when you're playing a role playing game like a tabletop sort of paper and pen role playing game, um, you're kind of you know if you take uh, like Star Wars or Judge Dredd as a a kind of an example, maybe, maybe you'll disagree, but my my kind of understanding is that there's a bit of a kind of a social contract with it, that like when you play as a team, you're sort of accepting that you're all on the same side and you'll kind of work together, whereas Alien is... Alien has like a built-in kind of conflict to it, which is to me is different from other RPG games um, Mm -hmm. where everyone has their kind of own agenda, um, and, so, like, not everybody's necessarily on the same side, which is, to me, is kind of, that's unique to Alien, I think, well, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, I, I quite, I I did really enjoy Alien, because I was always a massive fan of the first two movies, um, growing up, and, uh, it was fun to kind of uh, to to relive that and like in the RPG and Chris and Chris and I went to school together and like we um, we often played like aliens versus predator two on the PC and stuff like yes. that. And, but, uh, <laughs> um, so like for me, it was uh, reminiscent of many nights. Uh, on the the survivor map uh, for quarantine Uh, and uh, it reminded me of that as well as the movie and and things Um, but once I mean the main thing that stands out about it is it's a stressful game to play and (laughs) even you can't really trust anybody either
0: I don't know what you mean Uh, by that Bob
2: (laughs) 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 I think, uh, franchise justice, though. With oh, that. I yeah,
0: yeah. Totally we'll maybe we'll uh, talk about that when we talk about the, the alien RPG specifically. I, we can get into some of that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but really, I mean, that franchise and the, the RPGs are an interesting one for sure. Um, and I think, really, maybe not quite the last thing I did, but um, when Chris took quite a hiatus from or a break from running Alien, uh, I ran the kind of cinematic uh, adventure for Alien, the the new one uh, based on Hadley's Hope.
0: That's right. Um, I was in roll twenty, and you were using one
3: shot, the shot, uh, which I think actually worked out to be maybe two sessions.
0: Yeah. Um, you did that in roll twenty, didn't you?
3: Yeah, that was uh, during quarantine um, on Rule twenty, and. Uh, was like so long ago now <laughs> yeah I mean I mean may have been possibly six months ago now I can't remember exactly what when we did that but uh, I can remember it was on level 20 um, that was that was quite interesting uh, different to to GM that game compared to cyberpunk um, although both are similarly brutal <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> Um,
2: I, I think being a player on that Bob, like from me, made maybe a kind of GM after that. <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: Really, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I thought I, you know, I
2: killed as many of these after that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think we did to consult the stats on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: are, are you, <laughs> in, <laughs> this, you mean after You after Insta died and in cyberpunk or? Well, oh, after uh, Alien, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: it's, pretty, it's pretty brutal, man. Like, yeah, things just go south so quickly, but anyway, as Colin said, we'll get into
3: For that. me, I mean, that tied in, so running Alien, uh, I mean, all of my kind of uh, tabletop experiences really relate back to my primary thing that I like, which is the PC. Um, and even with running the Alien RPG at the end, um, I, I, for me that, like when I was younger, I messed around with like the Unreal Engine and stuff like that. And when I ran Alien, kind of took a different take on it from from Chris and, and when Gordon ran Star Wars and stuff. And I was sort of messing around with dynamic lighting. And for me, it was as much, much about building the map on Roll Twenty as it was about I mean obviously I had a pre made story so I didn't have to worry about that side of it so much. Whereas those guys were always doing sort of homebrew adventures. Um
0: But you you, you did homebrew for Cyberpunk though, no, so I wouldn't you know you definitely have you have done it, so
3: Oh t- yeah, completely um but I, I don't think I did so much of the map uh, work when I'd had to put the work in for the story as well uh, for Cyberpunk, but in that last uh, you know game that I ran, it was it was kind of a lot of work went into just the. Essentially, it was like uh, the map was dynamically lit on rule um, twenty, so I'd kind of set all of that up. And
1: uh, I thought you guys? Kind of found that like more. More scary, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really immersive. It was, it was almost like playing a computer game at times. Um, it's just, it just, I guess, it's just really interesting because it's another, it's another aspect to the, to the wider hobby that you don't necessarily think about as being an option. But I guess as more games have went on to Row twenty in, in recent times, it's it kind of does present itself as one way of getting some enjoyment out of it. It's, I guess, it's the equivalent of, of model painting or the, or the kind of meta hobby. Just playing the games but whatever else you do around the game to kind of build in the world yeah Yeah, world building whether it's right yeah whether it's writing stories or whether it's painting miniatures or building miniatures or making terrain or 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 doing doing the stuff in world trendy writing macros and designing character sheets so there's so many kind of bits to it yeah oh totally yeah well
3: you kind of end up building your own kind of worlds. And uh, I think to summarize the thing that kind of uh, that I liked about tabletop role playing games uh, was especially when you got to either build or contribute to your own kind of collective world that you came up with, you know, with the group. Um, and on the last point of Alien, like doing the map was really enjoyable because it's like you've literally built like a world for your friends to explore you know what I mean. in a horrible
1: it's way in, yeah, exactly. yeah yeah, in, like, in a <laughs> horrible way like, horrible death trap for your friends you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't that yeah, the yeah. best thing? I guess that's what Jigsaw in the Saw movies thought he was doing as well <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, not sure i <laughs> on the same level but
2: yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. I suppose you're kind of you for that. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> I need mean, to be a little bit of a psychopath, the GM alien. <laughs> oh, it's pretty, It's very punitive. Yeah, like,
3: but um, I think yeah, it was uh, essentially what I'm trying to say is um the interesting thing about role playing and also PC games. Uh, it was all for me about. That you got to because the games i was always attracted to were ones that you got to kind of choose the direction of the story um so it made it feel like a more like a immersive sim simulation Um and it's kind of the same with tabletop gaming like if you contribute in some way like with star wars uh, one last thing like before i kind of finish up when we were you know, when we were playing the Star Wars game, um, I'd kind of uh, talked to Gordon um, in the background and was kind of, the backstory of my character was like, kind of, he was an imperial agent in the rebellion kind of thing. And uh, it's just having that kind of, uh, building up like a kind of story that your friends are a part of, that's that's what I find interesting about it and why enjoyable um, but yeah that's that's pretty much my my piece on it
0: yeah I mean I, I, I'd agree with that about role playing um, I, th- I think yeah building that story and, and being able to interact with things is, is part of the thing that's really interesting and, and you get to do it with friends um, yeah I think there's a few things we, we can pick up On the next discussion, talk about what we like about role playing, war gaming. Um, I think specifically is there as well, Bob. One of the things that you've just made kind of pinged in my head was when you were talking about role playing about when we play face to face and and when we play online in role twenty. I think that's worthy of discussion. Um, about the differences between the two, and and I actually think there's pros and cons to both. I, I know that. Um. I don't think I would ever have thought this before the pandemic really, but I do think it's kind of equal, I, I can quite happily game face to face, but I quite, I quite happily um, do it online now um, and it's still really enjoyable. I, I do miss seeing everybody's faces around the table, I think that's the one thing that you really lose. That's what I was just going to
2: say, Golden, is I miss seeing people's reactions. Yeah. Alien, where it's there are quite shock moments and things like that happening, and backstabbing, and people working against the team and all that. You miss kind of seeing the, the sort of the sparks fly.
0: yeah, sort of, that's definitely um, true.
2: Because like when we'd started playing Alien, um, it was before lockdown, and then. Um, we got, got, got a few sessions in face-to-face before everything gets shut down, so we had to get a like, on our feet and try and get it back up and running, yeah. um, but I
0: that would be one for another day. Definitely. So I think we'll wrap it up there and um, just thanks everybody for telling their stories because that was, that was good. It was interesting. There's stuff I didn't know there myself, um, even though I've known you for years. <laughs> so thanks very much for the discussion and um yeah we'll have another one soon and we'll, we'll um, maybe talk in general terms about wargaming role-playing but there will be more podcasts coming where we, we do talk about some of the specific games that we've mentioned tonight um, and various well, with different people will be contributing to them so yeah uh, hope you enjoyed the f- hope you enjoyed the first uh, session and i um, that you come back and listen for more. And uh, yeah, please follow us wherever this gets posted up, whether it's on YouTube or on um, iTunes or wherever. Craig you can maybe step in there and tell me. The <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we, can, we need to work that out. But um, yeah, we'll it'll be it somewhere, somewhere in there. The wherever, wherever podcasts are, we'll
0: be there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks very much, guys. And thanks to you uh, for listening. And yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks and bye bye bye, bye.